Movies entertain. Entertainment leads to emotions. Those emotions connect us to our enjoyment of film, and that is why we exist to focus on the emotional connection more than the technical merit. Because every movie makes us feel something. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this minisode of the Feelin' Film podcast. I'm Aaron, and today we're going to be discussing. The new film from Oscar-nominated and Emmy Award-winning documentarian Matthew Heineman. It's called A Private War, and it chronicles the life of celebrated war correspondent Marie Colvin, who is pretty much as comfortable in high society as she is staring down warlords and fleeing from gunfire. She is driven by an enduring desire to see with her own eyes and give voice to the voiceless charging into danger, and she's constantly testing the limits between bravery and bravado. She is a fascinating character, a fascinating persona, and this is Heinemann's first attempt at a biographical drama. In the past, he's only done documentaries. And while this material is ripe for the documentarian style, Heinemann does spice it up just a little bit here and there. The film excels in its war footage. Uh, it immerses the audience in an intense terror of battle. Uh, there's always this barrage of bullet pops and explosions that you can almost feel. And it really does serve as an incredible testament to the legacy of Marie Colvin, while also paying respect to her by retelling the stories that she so passionately dedicated her life to sharing with the world. Rosamund Pike plays Marie, and she turns in a career-best, awards-worthy performance. She is supported by equally fantastic work from Jamie Dorman and, in a smaller role, Stanley Tucci. Now, after being quite blown away by this film and incredibly moved by it, I had the great opportunity to chat with Matt for a little bit about this film, and so you're now going to hear that interview. Stick around afterwards for a brief conversation about the film between myself and contributor Don Shanahan. And now, here's that interview. Hello. Hello. Hey, Matt. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Just uh, jumping in there, my first question for you is, how did you learn about Marie Colvin's story? I made a documentary called Cartel and, and was sent a number of scripts, none of which I particularly wanted to make. And then when I got an early draft of this script, um, it just spoke to me in a very profound way. Based on my own experience and in, in, in the films that I'd made, um, you know, I felt that same draw to, to cover conflict zones, the same draw to cover stories like this. Then also that same, you know, strange feeling of coming home and having those, you know, lingering thoughts stay with you. And so, you know, I deeply empathize with Marie. And although I never knew her personally, I knew of her. And I just felt a, you know, a huge connection to her and, and felt like this was a film that I, I had to make. So you mentioned that you got scripts then. Um, I, I'm guessing you've gotten scripts for other non-documentary style films. What made you want to film this one? Uh, and step outside of that documentary comfort zone that I'm sure you have. I mean, there are a ton of different reasons. I mean, I think I, I think in this world that we're living in, you know, with media under attack and, and journalism under attack, for me, the film was 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 is you know is and was both an homage to this incredible, beautiful, complicated, courageous woman, but also an homage to journalism and to people who are out there fighting for the truth. 
and shedding light on, on dark corners of the world. And so, you know, it just felt like a very timely and important film to, to try to get out in the world. You know, I think if she was still alive, I, I w- might have made it as a documentary, um, but she, she's not. And so very excited to make it my first narrative film and, and, you know, very honored that people believed in me to do so. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it turns out great. So you did a good job at it, that's for sure. Specifically, both Rosamund Pike and Jamie Dornan are fantastic. And Stanley Tucci is great in his limited role as well. What was casting like for you? Was there anything that specifically stood out that helped you know that these were the right actors for their their roles? Do you want to ask specifically about somebody who's hard to answer sort of generally? How about Rosamund? I mean, I think, you know, Roz came at me, uh, you know, with the same sort of passion and vigor that I believe Marie would have gone after an article and um, became so clear how much she, you know, not only wanted the role, but also how much she understood Marie. And, you know, I really wanted somebody who would, you know, get their hands dirty and, 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 and get into the trenches with me. And, and you know, it, it was crystal clear that that's what, you know, Raj was going to do. And, you know, it turned out to be, you know, one of the best decisions I made, obviously. And it was amazing going this journey with her through, you know, a year, almost a year of, of research and, and gaining the trust of her friends and her colleagues and preparing for the role, and then obviously through the process of shooting it as well. Was it strange at all working with real actors or, you know, like Hollywood actors for the first time for you? No, I mean, it's storytelling, and, and I, you know, it's just storytelling in a different way. I, I feel like a huge part of the documentaries that I make, it's all about trust with your subjects that developed over time in an effort to sort of get those very human, deeply personal moments. And I found that that skill was quite transferable to working with actors and having that trust with Rosalind, with Jamie, with, with Stanley, with Tom with, and all the other actors was key in, in both allowing them to be themselves in creating a dynamic in which we could each challenge each other and push each other, but also, you know, making each other comfortable to, to make mistakes and to, to, you know, improvise and to do all the things that happen when, when you, you know, when you have an open mind. And, and so, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was, it was a completely different experience. I'd never been on a film set before, but it was an incredibly rewarding one. That's great. But, you know, for the, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, a huge part of the film, a huge goal of mine for the film was to be as authentic as possible, both authentic to, to Marie and her experience and authentic to the war zones that, that we're depicting. And a big part of that was casting all non-actors, refugees living in Jordan where we shot. You know, so when, when we're in the widow's basement, for example, in the, in the shelter where uh, women and children were, were being held in the besieged city of homes, when, when Rosman walks into that room, the women that she's speaking to are real women from homes telling their own real stories, shedding real tears. And so, you know, the second woman when, when, that she speaks to when she says, I don't just want these three words on paper, I want, the, I want the whole world to understand what we're going through. There's been a whole generation that's been lost. Mm-hmm. That's her speaking to Rods, but that's her speaking to all of us. Wow. And so using these non-actors, using these refugees, you know, in the various war zones created a really emotional dynamic energy on set that I think, you know, played into obviously the performances and the whole sort of ethos and feeling of the film. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And it transfers to us as the viewer as well, that authenticity. Speaking of that, what was like, what was the one 
most challenging thing for you or one aspect of Marie's life and her story that was the most challenging to bring to film? I think, I think there's, you know, there's a ton of different, I mean, the whole thing was challenging to be honest, you know, it's an entirely new experience for me. You know, I'm used to shooting either alone or with a tiny crew in the middle of nowhere, taking sound myself, shooting myself down, learning footage myself. And so sort of have an entire team and departments for each one of those things was obviously a new new experience for me. And so, you know, I think just managing the logistics of the film, you know, was initially quite challenging. I, I got more and more used to it as, as time went on. Do you mean like practically making the film or like before production? Or I, I don't know the... Oh, I just meant an aspect of her character that was difficult for you maybe to to bring to a cinematic nature. For me, you know, I really wanted to not just make this a biopic. I wanted to make it more of a psychological thriller. I wanted to sort of get inside her head and try to understand what pushes somebody to do this, you know, what drove her, what inspired her, but also what haunted her. And so creating that sort of visual language for for her PTSD and her nightmares was something that was on the page, but it was also something that we discovered through shooting in, in the editor room of, of, of really just trying to portray PTSD, which is something that I haven't really seen too much on, on screen in a way that I felt was authentic to, I guess, partially to my own experience, but also to the experience of others that I, that I know. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. And, and you did a great job of it. When you were talking about researching, taking you a year or so, how much did Paul Conroy actually play into your researching? Was he involved in the film uh, in, in helping you prepare it? Uh, Paul Conroy was incredibly helpful. He was, he's, he's become a dear friend. He's really helpful in the development of the script. He was incredibly helpful on set. He ended up being on, uh, on set almost every single day. So I owe so much of the film to him. And obviously it was, he was a big inspiration to Jamie Dornan, who played his character. Uh, but he's a big inspiration to, to Roz and to all of us, really. Okay. One thing that really stands out to me in war films, and this may be because I'm a military vet, is the depiction of a war zone. And it's really incredible what you show as far as the desolation of Syria and then the sound editing, the, the loudness of the bullet pops and the explosions. It's all very immersive in this film. How did you go about designing the war scenes in such a realistic manner? Was that an important thing for you is to make it feel like we were really there? Yeah, of course. I've bounced around in the back of those trucks before. I've, I've been in the middle of shootouts. I've, you know, I've, I've experienced, you know, some of that myself. So trying to create as visceral and authentic experience was, you know, was my North Star at every step on the way and with every department on the film. And so, you know, I, I wanted to make the audiences feel like they're in her shoes, like they're in the back of that car, like they are running across those streets, like they're in those rooms. And, and, you know, obviously a big part of that was, was sound and sound design and, and, you know, not trying to make it huge sort of Hollywood flash and bang, especially for, you know, for, for some of those combat scenes, but to make it, yeah, to make it sort of, again, visceral and haunting and using sound and then pulling away, pulling back on sound. And, and the design of those scenes was, was incredibly important to me and every single detail, every single thing you hear was sort of discerned and debated and argued about it. <laughs> 
yeah, th- those details you know really matter to me. Well, I really appreciated them as a viewer. Uh, it, it made it a lot more realistic for me. There's one specific quote from Marie that stuck with me big time and I think is going to be on a lot of people's minds when they leave the film. And that's when she says, I feel that we have failed if we don't face what war does. And for me, your films have done that by providing the opportunity to see these events that maybe we've just read about otherwise. And it's a completely different level of understanding when you're walking through it visually um, with these characters as if you're experiencing it. And so to that end, I wondered, is there a lesson that you learned or a takeaway that you had that maybe you discovered while you were going through this process of making this film? About war? Yeah, just anything that you maybe learned from about war in general, about from Marie yourself. Because, I mean, I'm sure learning about her as you were telling her story, maybe you came to some realizations like that as well, like like the audience will from seeing this. I don't know. I, I guess I, I sort of prescribed, to the, and that's part of what drew me to tell the story, is I prescribed to the same belief set as, as she did, which is that it's really important. It's so easy to get caught up in stats, the numbers, into you know the, the geopolitics of a conflict but i've tried to as as she tried to put a human face you know to the to these conflicts and to humanize them you know in an effort to make people care and i think that i was haunted i, I have been haunted <laughs> by the idea of, is do people care will people care and i think that's someone that haunted her as well yeah i i, I hope that to some degree the film obviously is a portrait of her in her experience, but it also sheds light on, on the conflict that she covers, obviously ending in Syria, and most especially in Syria, you know, a conflict that's persisted until today, sadly, tragically. Yeah. Well, we like to talk about films that emotionally impact us, and so we like to ask of all of our guests if they have a film to recommend that was profoundly, you know, impactful to you in an emotional way. A film, that, you know, you mean uh, someone else's film that impacted me in general, or impacted yep. me in, in regards to this film? Either one. Anything that's impacted you in your life, in your career, something that speaks to you. I mean, I spent months and months and months with Bob Richardson, you know, watching as many war films as we could, looking at photography uh, from war zones, talking about what inspired us and what we felt was what people got right and what people got wrong. And and so, again, out of that process, out of that research, you know, we came up with this, you know, visual language that, that we see in the film. I mean, I knew all along that I wanted to shoot in this docu-style way, but, you know, this, this journey of, of looking through other films was, was quite helpful. You know, there's obviously a ton of films that, you know, directly inspired the film. I mean... Her Locker being one of them, Killing Fields, obviously, in a battle of Algiers, War Witch, in, you know, in a completely different context and a completely different setting. You know, these are all films that we talked about a lot. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, and thank you for taking the time, like I said, to speak with us. We really appreciate it. Love the film. Definitely going to be trying to get as many people to go see it as possible. Can't wait to see what you do next. Awesome. Thanks so much. I, I really, really appreciate it. And we're back, listeners. That was the interview with Matthew Heineman. Hopefully that was entertaining and informative for you. And uh, now I'm back with Don here, who's with me, to have a little conversation about the film and talk about what we heard from Matt there. Don, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's always great to talk and, and, and chime in on a great film. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I'm glad you just led with a great film because it's nice to have someone else that feels the same way about it as I do. This is not getting a lot of buzz right now. Um, when it first kind of came out 
for the festival circuit. It had a little bit going, and Rosamund Pike's name had come up. But man, I just, I'm not hearing anything. It's kind of getting overshadowed by these big releases that have been dropping recently. And I'm wondering, you know, where did you land on it? Give me your kind of quick synopsis thoughts on the film. Right. For me, it's a film that, for better or worse, because for some folks it's going to be worse, the idea, it's the kind of movie that really wears you down. And I think it does, it has a toll to it. And I think it's completely purposeful where, you know, this is a war correspondent and this is, a, you know, a, someone who's seen the worst of the worst has, has seen more, more war than most decorated soldiers. And so we're hearing the story and watching the story. And even though we're watching a two hour film, you know, we're watching a collection of slivers. The idea that, um, she's been in a, a zillion scrapes. We're only watching a couple to make it, make it into a film and make it across kind of the, the, the jumps we make in terms of autobi, you know, biographic, I should say. So, but for me, in terms of the way it's presented to us, trying to do the most shorthand way we can learn about this woman's story is that each one of the slivers, each one of the episodes we're watching has just an increasing sense of sharpness that really cuts us kind of to the core of our constitution where I could not help but get you know, more and more, not just invested in what she's doing, but just invested into the the empathy that her work really inspires and tries to put out there. And I think for some folks, they're not going to be able to handle that. I think some folks are going to feel that weight and and fold. For me, I'm going to feel that weight and just emote because um, I was in tears by the time by the time we got to Syria in the end of this film, and it just really. It's such a punch and it's such a it's a punch because it punches you down because of the hardness of the, of the things you're watching. But for me, that kind of punch moves me and it kind of reforges my spirit while I'm watching it to just like, like the movie says, to, to care more and to, and to and to realize these stories that have come out of these places in the world that, we, that just don't make headlines. And and all of these reminders that people are there, people are watching it, people are still living it. And I, I could not be more impressed by the film. Um, I haven't I haven't sat down to, to put my full review together, but I'm really teetering between that, that four and five star level where it's a four for sure. Yeah. I got to sit down and tell myself, is this a five? Because I'm looking at just performance and, and composure, you know, all the collective things that go with it. And, and man, I have a hard time finding a, a, a detracting thing other than weight. But for me, it's weight is its strength. Yeah, that's fantastic and very similar to my thoughts and my feelings coming out of it. And I, I kind of wavered as well. I landed on a four after seeing it for the first time. It's a movie I'd love to watch again. Yep. And I, I could see it raising for me because the only real critiques I had were a little bit of editing quibbles that I felt that, you know, Matt transitioning from documentarian into, sure. you know, how to make a smooth film in a cinematic sense it's mm -hmm. kind of he's choppy at times i agree parts of it is intentional though uh, i know he mentioned i don't remember if it was during the interview or offline but when he's taking us through these doors with marie so we'll we'll be seeing a scene in marie's life and then kind of a flashback to a past event and then it'll pop us into the future and it's these transitions that I know that they're intentional. I just don't feel like they're as smooth for me as they maybe sure. should have been. But yeah. yeah, other than that, I mean, it, it is great. And it really captures – there's a line in it where Marie is talking and she says, I see it so you don't have to. And that oh, resonated huge. with me in such a yeah. big way because Heinemann's previous documentaries, uh, Cartel Land and City of Ghosts in particular, have both affected me deeply for that same reason because they are allowing us to see through this character. And when you 
when you do that, you you do truly get more of an understanding of something than if you're imagine you knew about Marie Colvin before this film. All you know is that you've read her articles. You've read words on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's like a movie review, right? Like you're reading you and I's thoughts on a film, but it's much different from the experience of you know feeling it yourself and seeing it. And this gives us the opportunity to do that and kind of to witness her. Gosh, I mean, just the PTSD that comes with it yeah. and the sacrifice, because frankly, that's what it is. You know, not just there's an obsessiveness to it. So let's not pretend that she's not getting something out of this. She right. is servicing her own need in a way, her own addiction to this drug of, uh, you know, intensity. But at the same time, it is a sacrifice because the rest of us wouldn't get this without it. And she's, you know, letting her body be destroyed. She loses her eyeball in one of the mm-hmm. battles. And, you know, she's constantly in danger. And then psychologically, I mean, she ends up in a in a shrink hospital yeah. at one point uh, because yeah. she just can't handle it. So, yeah, I think it is a, an incredibly great tribute to Marie Colvin, the person. I think she would be proud of this. If I think so too. I think I think Marie and even just discerning audiences will appreciate the honesty. I think a lot of times you see a film like this, it'd be really easy to over romanticize because you need something to soften the war that you're watching, and you might as well put that romanticism into the main character. Not to say that there's not lighthearted elements to Marie's character that we see in this film. The Stanley Tucci relationship is really good. Uh, her banter back and forth with, with Jamie Dornan's great. Her, her, uh, her fallibility with computers and all that. And, and, you know, the cigarettes, the martinis and all that. So I like that her humanism is there and it's flawed in its, in its way, but it's not overly romanticized. Um, and I think it goes back to what you're saying where, you know, the witness word keeps coming up where, the movie is is straight on with the way that she witnesses kind of the unraveling madness. Uh, it's it's straight on in terms of the way it looks at its admission of, of PTSD. And it's not a, oh, I have it or I don't have it. Because how many PTSD movies, PTSD movies have we watched where the main character skips every sign and, and ignores every warning and, and, and never admits it or follows through with it or is aware of it. And whereas here's one where full admission. I have it and it's terrible, and I, but I but I need it and it works for me and it, and it feeds my work because she cannot see the things she's seen, the reaction shots that we watch of her all film, and my goodness, Rosamund Pike, what a performance! You know, easily in my final five. If I'm, you know, we're we're both award 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 voting bodies, so that's fun to see with, with what she can do. But yeah, one of my lessons that I'll write in my review is kind of the fears of the fearless. She exudes this kind of personality of this this undaunted war war correspondent but her fears and boy does she hide them are still there with you know just family and career the hates and the loves when she watches her friend have children knowing that she won't it's all those little layers all those little character notes really make it in there so strongly and so solidly for sure she's right there for me as well um she is one of probably a handful of three or four locks in all of the categories mm-hmm. at this point for me, for me, I, I thought, I thought she was incredible. I mean, I, I was completely blown away by that performance, um, by her. And in addition to her, now they're not necessarily awards worthy, I wouldn't say, but Jamie Dornan in particular, for me is unrecognizable. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen him in anything else for me. He's Christian gray. Just like the rest of the world. I don't think most of us have seen him in anything else. But 
my first thought was, my goodness gracious, this man can act. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we forget that sometimes when these actors are in critically panned franchise films and they don't – Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, Anakin, mm-hmm. all of these, they started off getting panned and they suddenly get good material and we're like, wow, look at them go. Jamie Dornan has some chops and I really resonated with his character as well. Um, I, I love photo war photojournalism. It's something I particularly am drawn to, I guess because of my past. I just – I feel like – like Marie Colvin, it's a very important thing for the world to see. Um, it, the way that the story plays out and, you know, essentially it ends with her in Syria and, and her death. But she was putting herself in danger and, and her the, the giving of her life at that moment. Mm-hmm. What, that was because she was letting the world know that Assad was bombing his own people and lying to everyone about it. And she was showing them that. Yeah. Like live on camera essentially and that's a huge deal i mean you think about all the bias in journalism that we see today on the fake news hashtag fake news this is what she does is she combats fake news with truth mm-hmm. and and gosh is it inspiring to see and you wonder <laughs> how much of this is still out there today right and then you I, I, to take away to take away from what hyman said in your interview for him to go out and seek, in terms of the extras and the people around the film, actual refugees, because where they shot in Jordan and all that, and like for him to populate this film with equal atrocities, equal people who have witnessed and felt atrocities, and where their stories, whether they're on a scripted page or they're just like, hey, tell us your thing and put it on camera, we'll merge it with our movie. All of that stuff plays so well, because again, by the time you get to Syria, it's like each layer of her Oh man, I don't know what you want to call it. Almost like, you know, Dante's Inferno level thing where, you know, each place she goes just gets escalatingly worse. And my goodness, I know as a, as a guy who I'm not a voracious TV news watcher, I'm just, it's, it's just noise I don't like, but, and I knew of Syria and all that, but boy, I didn't, it opened my eyes to make me want to see more. And that's where I kind of go back to the empathy part where if Rosamund Pike herself exuding this character doesn't create and push some empathy in you, watching the people she interacts with will and and, and destroy you. Yeah. From Jamie Dornan down to the smallest person she's trying to interview. And I really appreciate Hyman's ability to, like you said, take his documentary chops and put him in a place where it feels so realistic and so genuine, yet we're still watching, you know, a fictitious constructed thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it just works so well. That was definitely the biggest revelation of the entire interview for me is when he said that. And mm-hmm. these real life people in, you know, the first time interacting with Rosamund Pike, who was trying to stay in character and yet hearing these stories for the first time. I mean, that's, that is brilliant mm-hmm. blending of that documentary and fiction styles. That is what makes this so powerful, I think. Um, so yeah. Well, man, I, I love it. Uh, you yeah. love it. We definitely highly recommend it. We aren't going to go super in depth in this one. No. Um, it's not really that kind of film anyway, because thematically it's real life and it's the news <laughs> and it's tragedy because it's what real people have experienced across the world from us um, in so many situations. So hopefully listeners, if you have not seen a private war yet, you will seek it out and get to it before it's gone because it's sadly going to be one of those films that probably doesn't stick around in theaters too long this time of year. Uh, if not, Put it on your radar. Put it on a list on your fridge somewhere and get ready to download it, rent it, buy it when it comes out. Right. 
on home video. If you need me to help you sell it, I got to drop a humble brag. Um, one of my pull quotes, my first ever pull quote, is shows up in a TV spot for this film. So uh, representing the CIFCC, there's a Rosalind Pike is a phenomenal performance. Uh, I actually, that's, that's me talking. So um, I will gladly help you kind of shake the pom poms and and, and shoot the trumpets off for this film because it is one you need to see. And it's you're right, it's going to get buried in the holiday season and it does not deserve. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on with me, Don, to wrap up after this interview. I really appreciate it. Where can people find more of your work, including your soon-to-be-published A Private War interview? Uh, you can look for everything about myself and my reviews uh, with the search term Every Movie Has a Lesson. You'll find that on Facebook, Twitter, and also everymoviehaslesson.com. Uh, it might even show up on Rotten Tomatoes and all that fun stuff, so I get to be that guy who can represent there as well. Well, listeners, you can always find me online on Twitter at Film or in the Feelin' Film Facebook discussion group. That's a great place to chat with both Don and myself, as well as my co-host, Patrick. Thank you again, listeners. Hope you've enjoyed this, and hope you definitely seek out that film. Until then, stay positive, and keep feeling film.